Novena of Pentecost, good to be with you to continue talking about how to cultivate the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. We've said in number 19 of the statutes of the Federation of Rain and Christi that friendship with the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit himself is one of the foundations of the Federation, a spiritual foundation, what we build upon, what keeps us solid and together. So for each individual member to cultivate a relationship with the sweet guest of our soul, the consoler, the, the, the builder, the constructor, the architect, the artisan of our soul, which is the Holy Spirit, is very important. And above all, we focus in the second part of that number, which is it's important to cultivate the inspirations of the Holy Spirit so that God can lead us peacefully along the path of his will. And that's what we're about. That's what we want to do so that in our apostolic action, in our personal life, the Holy Spirit is the one guiding us, is the one leading us, is the one paving the way and confirming and, and making clear where he wants to lead us. So just a little refresher of the five ones we already covered, five ways we can increase the action of the Holy Spirit. You'll recall that one is to practice praise and thanksgiving. We talked about number two, asking for and desiring these inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Number three, we talked about abandonment to God, resolving not to deny him anything, but to open ourselves up to him and, and continue along the path. Fourth, practice filial obedience, which is that important for us, just trusting in God as our loving father as he guides us, being in knowing what we do know to be his will, to follow it and to do it, and that will open us to other areas where maybe it's not as so clear in God's action as Holy Spirit can guide and inspire there too. And then fifthly, we talked about practice of abandonment, of acceptance, those things that are God is permitting that are happening in our life. Rather than tense up and rebel against them, accept them and, and work with them and, and lean into them and let God speak. And in that more relaxed, peaceful, accepting position, God's action in His Holy Spirit can be more free and more able to speak and inspire us. So I'd like to continue on with this list of ways that we can practice these tips to help increase the action of the Holy Spirit in our lives that, that I've taken from my own experience, also confirmed and, and read in Jacques Philippe's book, In the School of the Holy Spirit. So for today, the first one I'd like to talk about, and it's been implied in some of the other ones, is this detachment of spirit. Now, this detachment. Now, we can't receive the inspirations of the Holy Spirit if we're rigidly attached to our possessions, to our ideas, to our points of view, to our hurts and wounds. Like that rigid attachment doesn't allow us to be open receptors to what the Holy Spirit wants to give to us. So we need to practice detachment, letting go. Now, following the emotions of the Holy Spirit does require flexibility, openness. And so as we detach ourselves from creatures and other things, from ourselves and for things, God can work. Now, now that doesn't mean a detachment from everything, a rejection of everything. It's not possible to have this absolute effective neutrality where everything is the same, although as we know from our spiritual exercises and from St. Ignatius and even a little bit 
to be honest, of the Buddhist tradition, a certain detachment from all things where I am neutral before things and all I want, and this is Ignatius, not Buddhism, of course, is the greater glory of God. And that's what I aspire to. That's what attracts me. And so I'm somewhat neutral towards anything, more or less health or sickness. I'm open to anything as long as it brings me closer to him. That's the effective detachment of spirit that we're looking for, that the most important thing in our lives is him, is our love for him, is not losing him. And this detachment, we can practice it in so many ways, in little things and big things, just detachment, willingly saying, you know what, I'm gonna fast from that, I'm gonna give that up. And especially if it's something that I know has a real hold on me, that I'm not free to give up. If there's something in your life that you say, oh, if I take, don't, no, 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 no. Or if you're thinking about things to give up comes Lent and you're like, ah, no, not that. No, 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 I can't. That's probably a sign there's some attachment there. Now maybe you need to chip away at it to be free enough at one point then to detach yourself and to give up parts of it or all of it or, or moments from it. But I'd encourage you to look at your life and see what are some things that I can actively detach myself from, whether they're things, attitudes, judgments, relationships, where I can be a little more distant, leave a little more space of freedom there where I can engage and disengage freely as I feel God is acting or is asking of me. So that detachment. I know many of you may have heard of, of a lot of friends or men that have done this Exodus 90, which requires as part of the process a real detachment, whether it be from food, from sports, uh, cold showers, just these acts of detachment from things that give me comfort or where I go to. And just doing that, they all of a sudden feel a real freedom, a real peace, a, a new energy. And they, they see that such a positive step. It's that detachment gives freedom. So I'd encourage that's a great way to help the Holy Spirit be more active in your life. The second one I want to hit on is practice silence and interior peace, silence. And silence meaning what you first think of with silence, lack of noise, turning things off, you know. But then that little waves of silence then begin to penetrate the soul and you get that internal silence, a little less, you know, noise and, and clamor here and there of all these different things that are distracting you, internal peace is an important thing. And uh, I remember a personal experience of myself as I did my renewal after working at the Vatican for, oh, I was, well, in Rome for about 15 years at the Vatican, around nine. And uh, I, when, before coming back to the States just a few years ago, I, I had a renewal period. Legionaries get, usually after seven years of priesthood is the ideal, we'll try to get away for, right now it's just a summer. And we have a retreat center there in Mexico and where you can go and uh, there's a small community of, of renewal with a superior and, and there there's no uh, real Wi-Fi, you know, purposely, I think, kind of in the mountains. And, and so I went from, you know, working in Rome with a lot of my contacts and activity based here in the U.S. So you were kind of in Rome museum hours. There was a lot of just the internal office stuff for the museums to deal with. And then as that was dying down, 
people were waking up in the States and starting to send emails. So it was, it was a long day to be on top of everything. And so I was very busy, very engaged and a bit agitated, not a lot of silence. So when I had that experience to just put away the phone, no Wi-Fi, no emails, study and write, uh, it was so beautiful, difficult to detach myself from. You know, I felt important when people were sending me messages. You look at your phone in the morning and you judge your personal importance on how many WhatsApp messages and messenger messages and text messages and email messages you have. And if your identity and your self-worth is tied in the number that appears of how many people see. Has that silence and peace kind of drained away and I didn't have that each morning, middle by little, my first thoughts waking up was our Lord, was the beauty, was entered the new life, the opportunity to pray, to engage with Him. There was a new freedom. So silence opened yourself and then the Holy Spirit could speak to me, reconfirm, and that's beautiful. And that's beautiful. Practicing peace. The motions of the Holy Spirit usually arrive in peace. They cultivate it in interior peace with humility, interior poverty, recognizing how little I am, how insignificant I am in a good way. I'm just a creature. I'm just God's beloved child. And, and having that interior peace and silence is so important. So look around at your life maybe. What are those things that steal your peace? What are those things that create noise? that create a buzz, that's kind of background noise throughout? What are the things that cloud out your attention, your ability of your attention to focus on, on the Lord? And maybe those are the things that I need to silence a little bit. I need to turn off, I need to separate. I need to put in airplane mode for a good portion of my day and just check in when I need to, resolve them, and then go back. No? And silence isn't emptiness. No, it's, it's, it's not kind of loneliness, it's solitude, which is actually attachment and union with the one you love. So silence isn't loneliness, it's solitude. It's, it's alone time with the one we want to be alone with. And in that silence and in that solitude, the Holy Spirit can be very active and speak to us. Uh, one last personal example on this is I found one of my best times to connect with the Lord is actually on, on planes. Uh, most people will find that a difficult place to play. I pray, I find it a great, because I, I'm disconnected from everything. I'm in my chair. I have the two or three things that I brought with me to focus on, and I really find it a beautiful time to focus with the Lord, to read, to journal, to think, to talk with him. And many times in that solitude, I'll get lots of inspirations of what I need to work on, how God's been speaking to me, how to resolve certain issues. It's just a fruitful time of silence when everything else is, is disconnected. So I encourage you, look for that time. A third thing that can help you grow in your inspirations of the Holy Spirit is that faithful perseverance in prayer that stick-to-itiveness in prayer, that consistency over and over in prayer. Keeping that habit of prayer can allow you to hear the Holy Spirit. And then the opposite is true. As I'm not consistent, as I'm not regular in my prayers, I have fits and starts, or maybe more fits than starts, 
then I'm wondering, like, what is God saying to me? I can't hear him. I'm not sure. I don't. Consistency in prayer will bring action of the Holy Spirit. The prayer strengthens us, strengthens our decision to do some of the other ones, to not to deny God anything, to be detached, to accept what he might be doing, to have filial obedience and and trust, to learn to love silence. So many of those other things are cultivated in prayer. So I recommend this regular, constant, personal, silent time with Jesus, your prayer corner, your prayer space, where you can go and be alone with the Lord. And you can pray all the time, all throughout the day, and some people will say that, well, I don't have a particular prayer time, but I pray a lot. I pray all the time. That's good, but you need that prayer time each day. You really do. A story here about how the Holy Spirit spoke to me in in times of that consistency of prayer, which I always go back to, uh, which is I was traveling and uh, visiting some people. I I was actually in Beverly Hills, of all uh, places in, in California, Very busy day, one appointment right after the other. And I was actually going to a dinner appointment there at a famous Chinese restaurant there, Dr. or Mr. Wu's or Chan's or something, just off Rodeo Drive. And uh, I get an Uber there, they drop me off. I have my kind of my pat, you know, my what do you call it, my briefcase with my breviary inside and everything. And I'm trying to get in lots of people outside, paparazzis, and Get in line, and as you get into some of these restaurants, as you've probably seen, there's a bar at the entrance, and everybody's there having a cock. Let's kind of wiggle through to get through everybody. Obviously, people kind of looking at you. It's not really a place they'd normally see a priest. Get to the back. My appointment's already there. Hello, everybody. I start to sit down, and I said, oh, how are you? Telling about the day, reconnecting. It's been a while since we've seen it. And then it comes into my head, I haven't done my breviary, my vespers which should be done, you know, six, seven, you know, maybe five, but sometime in the evening, uh, around dinner time, around sunset, and I hadn't done it. And I knew this was gonna be an hour and a half, two hour dinner. If I didn't do it now, it'd be 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. I'd be tired. So I just had an inspiration, Holy Spirit, you know what? You just gotta tell these people you gotta step away. And it's funny because uh, it was two couples, one of them was Jewish, and it's like, how do I, and the one I knew best was Jewish, they had invited their friends. How am I gonna, how is this gonna go over? So I was just simple, I said, hey, you know what? Sorry, I've been running all day, but one of the things a priest has to do is pray the Psalms throughout the day at the breviary, and, and I actually have the evening Psalms that I haven't done yet, the Vespers. So if you don't mind, you guys owe yourself a cocktail. I'm gonna slip outside and I'm gonna do my prayers and I'll be right back, five, 10 minutes, I'll, I'll be right back. Oh, sure, Father, please go on. So I grab my, from there, I have to wiggle through everyone, excuse me, excuse me, let me out, etc. Get outside, get away from the traffic, look for a place that at this time it's a, you know, it's still a little light, but it's going down. Look for a place where there's enough light and, and yeah, there around the corner on, on Rodeo Drive, there's plenty of lights. And uh, there happened, uh, as I was walking up and down there on the sidewalk, uh, praying my breviary, and as I finish, uh, across the street, there was a a diamond store, a Cartier, was doing uh, some kind of uh, an event that evening. There were two people outside, I saw them as I was praying, offering champagne glasses and bringing people in. They had some some new line, I'm sure, was being being, uh, started or shown. Anyhow, as I finished my breviary, one of the 
the young people that were there receiving, waves to me and calls out and comes over across the street. It looked like he had just talked to his friend. Hey, can you cover for me? And runs over towards me. I come over towards him. And he said, are you a Catholic priest? And I said, yes. He said, will you pray? Yeah, I was praying my bravery. I thought so. She's not going to believe this. I've been thinking about the priesthood. And this morning I said, you know what, God, you got to give me a sign because I'm not sure. You know, I got to make a decision on this summer job. Do I keep it up? Do I tell him, give him my two weeks in order to be able to participate in the Archdiocesan uh, summer activities and begin discerning? And I saw you over there and I thought, if that's not a sign from God, a priest on Rodeo Drive at the end of the day, and my day was almost over, I thought no sign was coming. That's my sign. And he gave me his information. Uh, I was staying with, uh, with the Cardinal Mahoney at the time, and I slipped it under his door in the evening. Hey, I ran into this kid. He's been thinking and discerning. You might want to let the vocation. And he, uh, he continued and, and followed his vocation and is now a priest there in the R. We've lost touch, unfortunately, but uh, the last time I was in uh, out in L.A. at the Knapp Institute, I saw Cardinal Mahoney, and, and he had confirmed. So... Openness to the Holy Spirit, it was my fidelity to my prayer, listening to that inspiration, separating, going to do it, that was the occasion for God to confirm and to continue calling this young man to the priesthood. So openness to the Holy Spirit comes through consistent prayer. And there's plenty of applications just in my own life of praying each day, doing a prayer journal, writing down, doing my examination of conscience midday and in the evening, and God speaks and you start to line things up. God's consistently inspiring this in me. That must be where the Holy Spirit wants me to go. So consistent prayer, it's key. The fourth one, which is examining the interior movements of our hearts, that discernment of spirits. If we wanna know and be open to the action of the Holy Spirit, be attentive to where God is moving my soul. Those inspirations of grace are born many times in our hearts, not in our imaginations, although sometimes they can be, but it's the imagination, the inspiration, and it residing in the heart and it resting in the heart. It's that combination that begins to confirm the action of the Holy Spirit. And to recognize them, I gotta be attentive to where my heart is and where it's going to learn to distinguish these movements from just other things that just come and go thanks to my human nature, which is somewhat volatile and goes up and down. So that's important, discernment of my soul. As we get to know ourselves and, and are attentive to these movements of our hearts and those inspirations, as we get to know ourselves more deeply, we can discover really beautiful things the way God speaks to us, you know? I know, for example, when I'm working, I get into it. I like, you know, emails, getting things done, and I'm going in. As I do that, I also feel that I get more and more energized, but also I can get more and more focused, more and more kind of intense, right? And I feel in my spirit at times, okay, this is not a balance coming from the Lord. It's good, I'm doing all the things, but I feel that growing. And the inspiration of the Holy Spirit says, that's not from him, step away. And it's just enough to get up, go over to the window, maybe make a prayer, go walk and say hi to one of the fathers in the house, go down, maybe it's even do something to put some order in the room, anything just to break, that's the Holy Spirit. I, can, I know it's him inviting me, you know what, son? You know, take a break, step away. 
And then when I re-engage, I'm much more kind of peaceful, effective, and open to the Holy Spirit guiding me in how I should respond, what I should do. It's that knowing the movements of my, knowing how I am listening to that, the Holy Spirit can speak, you know? And as we cultivate this kind of desire for God, this attention to God in our hearts, and, and being humble and open and allowing ourselves that God can do amazing things. A similar example to this of just being attentive to the movements of our hearts is I was uh, walking again down the street in New York on my way to an appointment on one side of the street and I was you know conversing a little with our Lord about and preparing my mind for the next meeting and in that conversation and my reflections I heard felt a movement go to the other side of the street uh, and there's this simple uh, heart, fill your heart just to obey. So by now it's like, okay, I can walk on both sides. If you want me to go on the other side, if you don't go on the other side. Rather than saying, oh, that's weird. Well, where's that kind of I can do, sure. I, off I went on the other side of the street. I continued my walk, fully expecting the Holy Spirit wants something. So there, and sure enough, I caught the eye of somebody in the crowd. They caught my eye. And I felt kind of like Philip in the Acts of the Apostles go up and talk to that carriage. So I said, that's, that's the person God wants me to talk. They came on. And I, so I said, hey, how you doing from a distance? And they, they kind of hesitated. And I said, come on. And we stepped off the side of the flow of traffic in the end doorway there, the entranceway into a store, uh, just to the side. And uh, they said, Father, you know, as I saw you from a distance, I was like, I should talk to him about this. They were going over in their head a problem they were having. They were a person of faith. And they just needed to sort through. And so they said, it's kind of strange that we caught our eyes and then you kind of, I wasn't sure how am I going to interrupt you. And then you said, it's kind of crazy, but I just knew I needed to talk to you about this. So, so sure, what is it? I mean, the Holy Spirit, I felt the same. And so here we are, we've got a few minutes. Tell me about it. Well, you know, this and that, and I'm thinking this, and I'm not sure, and what about that? So I gave them advice the best I could in that moment. And prayed a moment with them and they went on their way and I went on my way and the Holy Spirit, I believe, wanted to confirm something in them. It's that openness that comes from being attentive to the movements of your heart, being at peace and connected there. And when God speaks, you can listen. The last one I'll say is open yourself and open your heart to a spiritual director. Allowing our souls to be led opens us to the action of the Holy Spirit. So externalizing to someone we trust what we believe God is speaking to us and asking of us allows the opportunity for God to confirm that and to direct and to guide us. Again, it's that simple spirit of filial obedience and openness to share where I feel God is leading me, to explain what he has been speaking to me, to explain where I feel attachments limit my freedom. That conversation with the spiritual director is extremely fruitful for opening ourselves up to the action of the Holy Spirit. And all along the way, as we're doing this, God confirms his action. We get um, practice in listening and we say, ah, we get to know it better. That's his voice. That's what he wants. That's how he speaks to me. Yeah, I should do that. Yes, I should do that. And then when God confirms it, because in fact, the person responds, well, relationship might be healed. You arrive in time to help someone etc, etc. You just start to live in the Spirit and you start to realize God is guiding me. And it's not me trying to tackle and overcome and conquer and change me. It's I'm being led along this path that God's doing with me what he wants and I'm trying to respond.
It's never 100%. It has its ups and downs, but it's a whole different life to be led by the Spirit's life like we're reading in the Acts of the Apostles. It's, it's a life where the Holy Spirit drives them and gives them joy, even amidst persecution and challenge. It's a life where the Holy Spirit heals and empowers and strengthens and speaks and, and challenges but uplifts. And it's, That's the action of the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants to give you. It's what he wants to give me. And as apostles, no one needs it more than we do. So I encourage you, brothers and sisters, as you live and prepare for living in the Spirit, to take one or two of these different ways of increasing the action of the Holy Spirit in your life and start to practice them and share them with others and talk to your spiritual director about them and see how God and the action of the Holy Spirit will transform you into someone who's really living life in the Spirit. So God bless you and count on my prayers.